Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Broadcast it live. There are balls coming from all over the place. Left field, center field, right field. See, this this is the kind of thing, quite honestly, right now, that makes you want to see the Chicago Cubs team lose. Now, are you just saying you want to have fun, or do you really want to have fun? It'll be fun. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here? You don't live in Cleveland. Get in you talking to me? You talking to me? That is the farthest thing in the universe from the truth. Hello, everyone, live. It's the Dan Scott Show. And right there is your host, Dan Scott. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome to the Dan Scott Show podcast. This is episode eight of the rebrand. I am Dan. Coming to you just days before Christmas 2021 and hope that uh, so far you have had a very peaceful and enjoyable Christmas season. As I have told you in recent weeks, in recent episodes, uh, one of the reasons that we did the rebrand away from the grumpy old broadcasters to simply the Dan Scott Show podcast was to allow myself to do more than just sports from time to time. Yeah, it's still primarily a sports broadcast, but I want to use it as an opportunity to share my faith, to share what God has done in my life, and, and to tell the story of other people. And we've been able to do that with recent episodes with my friend Chris Williams and and uh, checking in again on his battle with uh, anxiety and depression uh, with nationally known comedian Jeff Allen and his uh, incredible testimony. So we ventured away from sports on uh, several occasions. And here in this episode leading into Christmas, that's what we're going to do this time around. We've got two stories with two incredible people that are going to share with you how God has intervened in their life in just an incredible and miraculous way. One man, Greg Whitfield, coming out of the throes of a lifelong battle with alcoholism to now do ministry to those who are suffering from drug and alcohol abuse. And the other, Heath Bowie, who is the pastor of Union Baptist Church in Lawrence, on how an accident that almost took his life in 1998 spurred him into a lifetime of following God and shepherding his people as a pastor. Two incredible stories you're going to hear on this edition of the Dan Scott Show podcast. So we don't want to waste any time. We'll we'll get you some other information at the end, but we need to take a break. And when we come back, first up will be Greg Whitfield. This is episode eight of the Dan Scott Show podcast, and we'll return in just a moment. 
The power of choice is a game changer in any walk of life, and insurance coverage is no different. Dana McMahon and Goosehead Insurance give you that power. With over 80 insurance carriers to shop, Dana finds the best coverage at the best price. How successful is he? Goosehead's client loyalty score is more than double that of traditional agencies, and the local agency in Taylor's has a 97.8% customer satisfaction rating. Goosehead specializes in home and auto insurance, but offers all lines of personal coverage. And Goosehead's cutting-edge technology speeds up the quote process. Find out how much you can save on insurance today. Call Dana McMahon at Goosehead Insurance, 864-626-6745. That's 864-626-6745. Or visit www.goosehead.com. That's Dana McMahon and Goosehead Insurance. Dan Scott here for the Atlanta Bread Company. What do I like about Atlanta Bread? Well, too much to mention in a short commercial, but here are a few things. Bread baked daily fresh on site, a tremendous selection of soup, sandwiches, and salads, seasonal special additions to the menu, delicious hot coffee, and a bevy of other drink options, and yeah, can't forget about the baked sweet goodies. Dine in or carry out, and when you have the Atlanta Bread Company app, you can order and pay online, then breeze past the lines to the pickup counter to get your food. Experience it for yourself. That's the Atlanta Bread Company, Cherry Dale Point in Greenville. Let me tell you something, Cowboy. This rookie can really bring the heat. He's smoky and spicy with a Chipotle style all his own. It's a new Montgomery and Chipotle barbecue sauce. Make it a part of your home team. Available now at your neighborhood grocer or online at CincyFavorites.com. Episode 8 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. Week of Christmas as we're recording this and Lord willing driving it. It's uh, going out in the afternoon of uh, December the 21st. I do need to make mention before we get going, I did not mention in the open that the podcast is presented by our friends at Tadaro Pizza. They're located on Markley Street in downtown Greenville on the West End, just down the street from Fleur Field at the West End with the Greenville Drive play. Fantastic food, even better people. Find them on Facebook uh, or on Twitter at Tadaro Pizza Greenville. And thank John for uh, continuing to support what we're doing here on the podcast. As I mentioned, one of the things that I I wanted to do in the rebrand of this was be able to drift away from sports and and use it as a way to share my faith and, and tell stories of the faith of some other people, and we're going to do that with two different guys today. Our first one is a uh, gentleman by the name of Greg Whitfield, who uh, I had never met up until just a couple of weeks ago. He had invited me to come and be the guest speaker at the Miracle Hill Overcomers Drug and Alcohol Rehab Monthly Chapel Service on December the 8th, and I was blessed to do that. That's the first time we'd met in person. And as I got to know more about Greg and about his story and why he was so passionate about working with substance abuse victims, uh, people who've gotten themselves into those situations and are now trying to get themselves out, I thought, man, we have got to tell his story. So he is joining us here on the podcast today. Greg, how are you, my friend? Fantastic, Dan. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Good to uh, good to be with you. Um, before we start talking about your individual story let's let's tell people a little bit about your uh, organization 
It's called Giant Slayers. And uh, you've made it a mission to go into places like Miracle Hill, Hill, Miracle Hill Overcomers and, and other drug and alcohol rehab centers and, and, and do work with, with these men in, in, in these situations. Tell us about Giant Slayers and how it came about and, and what it is you're trying to do with the organization. Yes, sir. Uh, Dan, uh, 2019, the Lord placed on my heart this uh, Giant Slayer ministry uh, simply because I've walked in the shoes of some of these guys and been down the road. And these guys need some encouragement and just a sense of hope and love. And uh, I rededicated my life back in 2017 and 2019. This ministry was laid on my heart uh, during a baptismal service. Uh, the, the, the minister there who was doing the baptizing, you know, he had asked the question, what was I doing in the water that day? And I had mentioned to him that uh, I was ready to kill giants. And the number one giant I wanted to kill was myself. We have to kill ourselves, And uh, that's where the, the name of the ministry came about, Giant Slayers. And we're, we're looking to go into these facilities and reach out to these guys and just give them some hope and encouragement that not only we love them, but Jesus still loves them. And no matter the mistakes and the roads that they go down, that their journey's not over. Uh, it doesn't have to end. Uh, it can be the beginning. And that their, their past doesn't define their future if they allow the Lord to move in their life and to guide them. Well, and when you go into these facilities, you go in with what the kids used to call street cred. I don't know if they still use that term or not. I could be so far out of date with the times, that, and, and that wouldn't surprise a lot of people. But you go in with street cred because they are walking a path that you have already walked. You you, yes, uh, you you've been very open about your your personal battle with alcoholism and, and how long it took you to overcome that and what it took for you to overcome that. Yes, sir. Um, coming from a, a father of an alcoholic, uh, it was kind of a thing to grow up around. Although I wasn't initially say uh, drawn to it, but as a teenager, began to experiment with it. And, uh, you know, like with any drug or alcohol, it can grab a hold of you real fast and uh, take you down a road that you don't want to go down. And uh, as you battle through it, through addiction, you have to realize that you don't have control over it, uh, that you have to give it over to the Lord and let him guide you through it. And when we go speak to these guys, when I share my story and other testimonies, that lets them know that it's just not someone who hasn't been in their shoes. It's someone who can, who has been down the road and battled it and through the love of Jesus has overcame it. I find it interesting that you say at age 13, you felt God's call into the ministry, but it was at age 16 that you began to fall in with the wrong crowd, as you say it, and experiment with alcohol. And that's when it got hold of you how long did that hold last well you know dan over the years uh i i we weren't a church family until about the age 12. uh my mother gave my father an ultimatum it was either going to be let's start church and change this lifestyle or she was going to leave my dad being a smart man chose to start church and at the age of 13 i gave my heart to the lord and felt that call and then at age 16, like you had mentioned, uh, started experimenting with alcohol 
it led to cocaine. Um, just being in with the wrong crowd who didn't have the best interest of my life uh, and really didn't have the best interest of their own life. But it took time and time again, Dan. Uh, I would run back to the Lord uh, at different occasions in my life, and he was always there. Uh, he's always forgave me. Uh, just being hard-headed, it, it was about, you know, before it really set in that I need to fully surrender was about up until 2017. Um, now, I did would serve the Lord off and on, but would fall back into that trap. And the alcohol was always the common denominator when we look back on that. We're talking with Greg Whitfield from Giant Slayer Ministries here on Episode 8 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. And coming up in the second half, we're going to be visiting with another friend of mine, Pastor Heath Bowie, uh, and telling his story. Um, you, you, Greg, you joined the military. You, you joined the United States Navy. Was that an attempt to try to bring some discipline into your life and as an avenue to hopefully escape some of those demons? What was the motivation behind joining the Navy, and, and, and how did or did not that help this battle you had? I think it was two two things, Dan. I think, number one, it was to try to, to escape um, what was going on here in, uh, in my life at the time. And also, I think it was a, an attempt to run from my calling. You know, and the, the calling wasn't the problem. The problem was me. Uh, and maybe just I was thinking a different, different time, maybe a different atmosphere, different environment, the calling would go away. But uh, it was always there, and it always was in my mind and my heart. Uh, but I did run from it. Like I share the story of uh, when we talk about Jonah, how he ran from the calling. And just every time I would turn around, it would be uh, rearing its ugly head. Uh, actually in the military, it um, gave me some discipline uh, for what I what I do today. And I'm so thankful for the service that I gave to my country. But also it opened up more opportunities to be with other people who had an addiction problem too. Uh, ended up getting a DUI in the Navy and it kind of red flagged my career uh, as far as only making it so far. But uh I think the alcohol was always the common denominator and trying to run from it uh, and run from myself instead of giving it over to God was, was a major, was a major hurdle that it finally took just stop being hard headed. How much of a role did it play in the dissolution of your first marriage? Because I, I think anybody who knows anything about addiction addiction and relationships are, are very much oil and water. They, they simply do not mix. And, and you were, you were telling me that, that you felt like, well, maybe not, didn't feel like that. It definitely played a role in, in the dissolution of your first marriage. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always, as a, as a teenager, even growing up in church, you know, was taught that you should put God first in everything you do. And that's a thing that I try to do now. And I use that first as an acronym, you know, first in your finances, I in your interests, R in your relationships, S in your schedule, and T in your troubles and trials. If you keep God first in those categories, you'll, you'll do fine in life. But when you don't ask God for direction and you seem to take a direction upon yourself, uh, sometimes you'll go down a road that wasn't really 
ordained by God. And uh, that marriage wasn't ordained by God. And uh, upon the alcohol and the addiction, it uh, had a major role in the downfall. And uh, there was some infidelity on both sides of the marriage. Uh, and I'm sure it was caused some by the alcohol. Um, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're addicted to a drug or an alcohol, your filter that you normally would use for decision-making is so clouded. It just, uh, you just don't use your filter on the decisions you make. And especially when you don't consult God first. So it, it did play a major role in the, in the divorce of my first marriage. Greg Whitfield from Giant Slayer Ministries is joining us here on the, this episode of the Dan Scott Show podcast. Do you remember your low point? Because I, I, I can remember mine. I share it in my testimony whenever I get a chance to, to speak. Uh, it, it's very, very clear to me what my low point was and, and, and how I reacted to it. So do you remember your low point? There were several low points, Dan. Uh, it wasn't just a single one. I was, uh, I guess when I was, I was actually was a correctional officer at the local detention center. And uh, one day feeding the inmates breakfast. And then the next day receiving breakfast as an inmate. Uh, that was a major low point that should have been, you know, probably the, the last low point. But addiction was so strong. You, you get that jailhouse, they call it jailhouse religion, where, you know, God, if you can get me out of this one, I'll serve you. I'll never go back again. And then what happens is you, you, you get past that, and the Lord does major things and miracles in your life, and you tend to fall back. If you don't overcome that addiction and give it, surrender it over to God, you can fall back in that trap. Uh, I think the final, the final one that really struck was, with my with my first with my second wife now uh, we were sitting in the living room we were watching church I wasn't in church at this time and we were just watching church and it just it hit me that this was you know she wanted to be in church and I I didn't want to be in church but I knew church and uh, I could go and play church you know I could go and show up and sing the three songs give an offering and hear a poem and go home. But there was no change. Uh, but I knew there needed to be a change in both of our lives. And that uh, seeing her in that living room that morning and with, with tears, I began to cry and I surrendered my life back to God. And I haven't I haven't looked back. Yeah, it's interesting that you use the the term jailhouse religion because it brought to mind uh, the the saying that you used to hear during wartime that there are no atheists in foxholes. That that yes. people cry out to God in circumstance, oftentimes, and, and then when they're delivered from that circumstance, they they forget exactly. what what they promised. And, and the Bible says, and I'm paraphrasing here at one juncture, hey, if if you, it'd be better for you not to make an oath if if you're going to right. make an oath and, and then break it. So I I, I found that jailhouse religion. I, I found that very uh, very interesting. Um, You've used the phrase a lot as we've been talking here about giving your addiction to God, and and to some people that may sound trite and, and may sound well. If it's so easy uh, to do that, why don't more people do it? Why doesn't God just immediately take away that desire or take away that addiction? 
Um, I'm sure you've heard that question in in places where you've been and ministering to the men that you minister to. How, how do you answer that when it comes up? Well, you know, there's some I have uh, encountered where God will take that away immediately, and there's no there's no desire for it. Uh, they're free right away, and I have seen where the Lord will allow you to work through that addiction, uh, kind of like Paul, that thorn in the flesh to keep you dependent on God, knowing that it's going to take God to get me through this because I can't do it myself. And I feel like if in some cases if the Lord would deliver you right away, you may not be as dependent on God. Uh, and I feel like that, you know, he he held there, he held it there in my life to let me know that I need to depend on him on everything that I do, everything that I am, that it must depend on him. I have to have him to stay sober. Greg, when when you talk and and as as you and I are talking here, you're you're being very open about your struggles. When I share my testimony, I'm very very open uh, about the mistakes that I made and, and the path of destruction that I was on. Um, one, one thing that that I had heard, and I can't remember who told me, but it really rang true to me is you have to be careful when you're sharing that part of your testimony that you're not glorifying the sin that you were in, that you're not glorifying the issues. The glory has to go to God. So when, when you, when you share those, those raw moments of, of your failings and the addictions and everything else that you were in, you, you, you have to be sure that you're not shining such a light on it that people will say, well, Hey, I'll go try that stuff or I'm okay. Now I can go get God any time that, that that's uh that, that's a tough line to walk sometimes when you're sharing isn't it oh yes definitely uh you know sometimes we give the devil more credit than he deserves when it's really our fault a lot of times where we are our own enemy uh i think you know through through the love of god and through the, his savior through the son that he allows us to have strength and uh i give all the glory to him uh and a lot of times, like I said, we will give the devil a whole lot more credit than he deserves when we should be blaming ourselves and looking in the mirror and saying, you know, we have to do something with our flesh. You know, we have to subdue our flesh every day. It has to be a daily battle. And uh, all glory to God. Uh, and it's it's a daily battle. This this Christian walk, it's uh, it's an everyday thing. So how did you go about once once you had finally done it for real, we'll say for lack of a better term, how did you go about establishing the relationships you have, not only with Miracle Hill overcomers where, where uh, I met you, but at the Miracle Hill rescue mission, home with a heart in Liberty Christ central ministries in, in Wahala. You, you have several of these places that you, that you go into. How were you able to establish those relationships and get the foot in the door to be able to go in and minister to these men, I, Dan, I reached out, um, and I, I didn't know when I reached at the time I reached that I had reached out that the door would be open. Uh, simply, it's all God. Uh, I didn't do anything special. Um, I know at some points in my life I had been given uh, no hope situations where people had wrote me off, uh, said that I was done. And that at points in my life, I needed encouragement and just someone to say that, hey, you can get over this. 
So I just basically, Dan, just put it in the Lord's hands and reached out to several different facilities and just asked if I could come share my testimony. And once, you know, the testimony was shared, it became a, a monthly thing that I would, you know, would attend uh, these facilities. How long have you been doing that? Since about 2019. And how have you seen the ministry grow? Dan, it's the Lord is is definitely in this ministry. Uh, just to share, um, I was going to share 2021 Giant Slayer uh, numbers. We in men in attendance this year, we've had 623 men in our meetings. We have distributed 40 Bibles. We have handed out 18 jackets. We have given a Thanksgiving meal to Christ Central Ministries. We have give, donated a Christmas tree to those guys. And in this year, uh, there have been 45 men who gave their hearts to Jesus Christ in our ministry. That's outstanding. Uh, that, that's just that's just phenomenal, and, and praise God for it. Um, I know just from being a person who sat in church for years, and you, you talked about playing church, uh, and, and I could play church with the best of them. Uh, when, when you go into a facility like that, especially one that's run by a, a Christian ministry organization, chapel service is mandatory. Those guys don't have a choice. They have to go there. Um, how, how long did it take for you to, to reconcile yourself to the fact that there are some people who were obviously very interested in what you had to say, and, and there are others who could care less who was standing in front of them. They just wanted to get that half hour or that hour over with. Right. Uh, and, and you're going to have those. You're even going to have those in church. Uh, people are just showing up for church um, for things like that too. And the Lord just kind of laid on my heart about the, you know, when the, whenever you're laying the seed, whenever you're, um, some's going to fall on good ground. Some's going to fall on hard ground. But you still got to plant your seed, and that's that's what we want. If we can help one, if one is helped, we have made our mission, and we have made an impact on one soul. We are, you know, we're we're not worried about um, the numbers who's going to receive it. We just want to put our message out there. Do you do you find that because you've walked in the shoes of of just about every man that you speak to that that they give you more attention or, or more credibility than, than somebody else who might come in and talk with them? I think in some cases, yes. Uh, I've, you know, I've, I've been somewhat in their shoes. I haven't been to a facility myself, but I've had, I've heard talk about, you know, people give testimonies and they've never walked in those shoes and they try to tell you that, you know, Oh, it's, it's not that hard. Give it over to God. But if someone who's actually walked in those shoes and can share with them, the difficulties it is, I think they're more open-minded to accept your story. Yeah, and you know, that's one of the things, when, when you had me uh, at the Miracle Hill Overcomers on December the 8th, that's the first time that I had ever spoken in, in a drug and rehab, a drug and alcohol rehab facility. All my other speaking engagements over the last few years have been in churches or to men's organizations, you know, from a church or, or whatever. And as I was putting that talk together, it just it just hit me, and this you know only can be the the guiding of the Holy Spirit. But if you recall early on, uh, as I began the talk, 
you know, I told him why I was there and a little bit about myself. And I said, you know, the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to stand up here and, and try to convince you that I know what you're going through because I don't, you know, I I've never been in a facility like this. I said, what I am going to do is share my testimony and, and how God took a broken man and, and, and rebuilt him and, and saved him. But I'm not going to patronize you by telling you that I know what your struggles are because I don't, there's no way I can know what every man's yeah. individual struggle in there is. I had a problem with alcohol. It hadn't gotten to that point. Thank the Lord. I had other problems that had gone beyond that, but I just get the sense that somebody like you who has, has been there and, and had that kind of battle, you have the opportunity to reach more of these men because they're more apt to listen to what you have to say. I think, I think so. Um, I think they're more willing to accept it. Um, and especially when you show that you're vulnerable just as they are and just as they were that, you know, it's not uncommon for it to happen to someone who's been in church, someone who hasn't been in church mm -hmm. addiction, you know, it doesn't pick and choose, uh, who it's going to fall on. So, um, some of these guys have church experience and some of these guys have never been into a church at all. Uh, but they just want help and encouragement and someone to give them that and just to show them love. Talking with Greg Whitfield from Giant Slayer Ministries as we get set to to wrap up this first half of episode eight of the Dan Scott Show podcast. Um, if the Lord blesses, Greg, what's your dream for this? Where do you see this? <clears throat> Where would you like to see this ministry go? Dan, right now we are... Uh, working as an outreach of Turning Point Church of God in Wahala. We're under their uh, nonprofit umbrella, I guess you could say. But our goal is to, to branch out and become our own nonprofit uh, in this upcoming year. We want to reach the streets of Oconee County. Uh, these guys who have, they have no direction on how to get help. They want help, but it doesn't, they don't know how to find it. We want to be, we have an office in Seneca and we want to be able to reach out and be a hub that we can get these guys over to these rehab facilities and line them up for some, some counseling and some rehab. Um, we just want to be there. Um, and it's just, if it's, doesn't have to be alcohol or drug related. We just want to reach out to the, the homeless. We want to be a hub of love and to uh, grow this thing and to uh, be a light for Jesus uh, that he can change lives. So to that end, if, if someone listening to this wants to find out more about what you do, how they can possibly come alongside and, and help in some way, whether it's financially or whether it's simply as being a prayer partner, uh, how, how can they reach you? How can they get more information? We're, I have a, a personal Facebook account. It's Greg Whitfield, and we also have a Giant Slayer Ministries Facebook page that they can reach out to. And uh, I'll also give out my number uh, it is 864-324-4396. Uh, they can text or call anytime. And uh, if anyone would like to hear our story in more in depth as a testimony to any, we'll, I will come to speak to any organization, uh, any meeting, um, just want to share what God has done in our lives and uh, willing to share. So if anyone wants to reach out, we're more than welcome to accept it. And we'll make sure that before we close the podcast out today that I give out 
uh, that uh, information again, in, including your phone number. Greg, I got to tell you, it's been great to to hear and, and to see what God has done in your life and how you've taken that your struggles and, and you've you've used it as a way to try to help others through uh, the the power of of the Holy Spirit and through the power of Jesus Christ. It, it's just uh, phenomenal to see, and I, I hope as as we're and I pray as we're we're heading into Christmas here in just a few days. That, um, that this story will be a blessing to somebody, because unfortunately we know that there are many, many people out there who are struggling, some privately, that with, with, with issues like this, uh, or, or have family members who are struggling. So I hope that by you being willing to share and being vulnerable and, and being willing to open up, that, that it will cause somebody to want to reach out to you. We're here, Dan. Greg, thank you so much. It's been great catching up with you. Yes, sir. You have a blessed day. All right. That is uh, Greg Whitfield from Giant Slayer Ministries. We're going to step out for a quick break. And when we come back, Pastor Heath Bowie from Union Baptist Church in Lawrence is going to be with us as the uh, eighth episode of the Dan Scott Show podcast continues in just a moment. When it's time for a new mortgage or refinance, finding someone with a proven track record of both success and customer service can be an issue. Scott Fowler of Guaranteed Rate is the solution to both problems. Scott has helped thousands of clients achieve their home ownership dreams for over two decades and has been recognized as a top 1% originator in the U.S. by both Mortgage Executive Magazine and Scotsman Guide. And about that customer service, 96% of Scott's customers say they would use him again. Take advantage of the incredibly low finance rates while you can. Let Scott and his team guide you through the process start to finish. Call today, 864-915-8779. Again, that's 864-915-8779. Or find out much more online at www.rate.com slash Scott Fowler. Scott Fowler and Guaranteed Rate. Hey friends, Booty Cothran here, native of Greenville and eight-time competitor on NBC's American Ninja Warrior. And I want to tell you about Motive School of Movement, our new ninja and parkour gym right here in Greenville where we are teaching movement and functional fitness to people ages five and up and of every ability and skill level and they're loving it. We've got families that work out together, kids that leave the gym sweating and tired who can't wait to come back. We've even got a 62-year-old member taking adult parkour classes. And if you've got a child who would enjoy a Ninja Warrior-themed birthday party, we're your place. Together with Brett and Grace Sims and Bob Reese, we've created Motive School of Movement in an incredible facility located just behind Haywood Mall on Webb Road. Stop by and see us in person or take a virtual tour at motivemovement.org. That's motivemovement.org. Or just search Motive School of Movement or call us at 864-775-4844. That's 864-775-4844. Every sports fan's goal should be make it to the Hall of Fame. Well, we have you covered with Hall of Fame Sports Grill at 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Known for their great food and fantastic daily specials, Hall of Fame has you covered with all the game action on their 30 televisions. Plus weekly events like Tuesday night's bar trivia for dummies, Wednesday night's music bingo, Thursday night's dirty bingo, and karaoke with Fred Rock every Friday. That's 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard, HalloFameSportsGrill.com. Treat yourself to one of the fastest growing, most entertaining activities in the upstate 
with a visit to Craft Axe Throwing. From casual axe throwing to the World Axe Throwing League, Craft has it all right here in Greenville. Get in-house safety instruction, then claim a lane and start throwing today. League nights available for those who love to compete. Craft Axe Throwing, 1320 Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Call 864-301-6032 or visit craftaxethrowing.com. Sometimes cleaning up the neighborhood begins at home. When it does, call on Shane's Powerhouse Washing. Shane's is a family-owned business which prides itself on being on time and doing the job right the first time. Residential or commercial, home, business, driveway, parking lot, decks, fences, even dumpster pads. If it needs cleaning, Shane's Powerhouse Washing will get it done. Also, ask about the handyman services available. Call today, 864-760-9184 or check out the website, www.shanespowerhousewashing.com. Episode 8 of the Dance Guy Show podcast continuing. The drop on December 21st. So as we're recording this and, and putting it out, it's just that less than a handful of days before Christmas. And using this episode, as I mentioned at the top, to veer off of sports and to, to use it in this Christmas season to, to share uh, a couple of different stories about God's love. We just did the interview with Greg Whitfield and how God brought him out of a life of alcoholism, and now he is ministering to men who are in uh, drug and alcohol rehab centers. And, and this next interview, our next guest, uh, is a, a friend of mine. We've been Facebook friends, I think, for years, going back to my days at Clemson uh, and doing the sports talk show there. But Heath Bowie is the pastor of Union Baptist Church down in Lawrence, and early in the month of December, he had me in as a guest speaker on Sunday, and I guess it went well because he continues to talk to me. I I, I, I didn't run him off, and he's agreed to be an interview on my podcast. I don't know if he wants you know ten minutes for rebuttal or what, but uh, no, all, all kidding aside, Angel and I had a wonderful time worshiping with his church family. Heath, how are you, buddy? Doing great, Dan. How about yourself? Uh, we, we are, we are blessed. Uh, got all the Christmas shopping done, getting ready to spoil the grandkids rotten. You know how it goes. So that's right. <laughs> it, 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 it is what it is. How about, uh, how about you and, and, and the family and, and, uh, your church family? How are things? Family's doing great. Looking forward to having our children and grandchildren coming in on Friday night, Christmas Eve. And then I'll uh, be on Christmas Day. Got some lunch planned for, with family on my wife's side, and then we'll be at my my parents' house on Christmas night. So full schedule ahead. It's almost like Thanksgiving part two. Almost like Thanksgiving yes, part sir. two, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Uh, it, before we get going, tell everybody a little bit about uh, the, your your church in Lawrence, uh, where your pastor. You've just been there about a year, right? Yes, sir. We came here of uh, August, uh, was called to Union Baptist Church, uh, August the 23rd of 2020. I've uh, been serving a, a, my first pastorate, so served up in the Clumpson area, actually, uh, for about five years, and then I uh, left there, and and then uh, the Lord opened this door for us in, in August of 2020, and uh, God's just been doing a mighty, mighty work here at Union. we uh, seen our the kingdom grow. Uh, we've had over 20 salvations in a little over a year, and also we've seen our even our church membership grow. 
Uh, we're seeing uh, our children's uh, and youth ministries grow as well. So uh, just a blessed time to be part of what God is doing down here in Lawrence. You know, the, the, the children's ministry is is something that, that I take, uh, and, and youth is something I take a particular interest in, uh, because, you know, we always hear people say that uh, the children are our future, and it's become almost a throwaway line, but uh, I think there are 7 billion people on earth, and like 1.5 billion of those 7 billion are ages 15 and under. Uh, so right. so the, the, the future really is in our young people, and, and yet, as, as I did some research, and this is going back four or five years, I found out that in most churches, Baptist churches, we say that the children are the future, and yet only, I think the number was 3% of the budget is set aside for uh, youth ministry. So a lot of times our, our money is not where our mouth is, so to speak. Exactly, exactly. I'll agree with that 110%. <laughs> well, when you've got a youth ministry that's growing, that tells me that you've got things headed in the right direction, and that is just so great to hear. Uh, yes, what we want to talk about today is, is going back to when you were a young man, going back to yes, uh, December 14th of 1988. It, it seems like just such a random... 1990, 1998, 1998 excuse me, 1998. Yeah, 1998, yeah. Um, I, I said I think it was a Freudian slip because I met my wife. We had our first date on December 4th of 1988, so uh, okay. just, just 10 years earlier. But uh, right. most people remember... Those type of things, first dates, anniversaries, uh, those big moments in their life. You have another reason, though, for remembering that date because your life almost ended on that yes, December fourteenth sure date, did. didn't it? Tell tell us about that. December the fourteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, day started off with uh, actually going to play golf with my cousin. My cousin and I were about eleven months apart. Uh, and uh, that morning we got up and ended up going down to Greenwood to a golf course down there, playing 18 holes. And and uh, uh, the day just uh, was going great, you know. And then uh, I remembered uh, that I was going to meet some other friends that night in a place in Anderson. And uh, I asked him to go with me, and he said, yeah. And uh, uh, as we was on our way home, we was going back to the house to – uh, to get ready to go out that night. It was actually a Monday night, man. And he, re he remembered that, uh, he remembered that it was his, uh, uh, sister and her husband's anniversary. And they had this huge party planned for them. So anyway, to make a long story short on that, I still went out that night and, and where I didn't, uh, going back just a few years before then, I became a heavy drinker. Uh, got into a, a lot of things I shouldn't have at that time. But anyway, went to the bar that night on that Monday night and uh, stayed uh, pretty much uh, all night long into the uh, around 1130 or so. Ended up coming back home. Do not remember the night whatsoever. And around midnight that night, I had a uh, car wreck. Uh, I was in a Camaro. Uh, and of course my life uh, was almost ended that night as the car completely disintegrated. I was thrown out of the car 35 feet into a tree. Uh, my entire body was mangled, just broken into, uh, every bone just about in my body uh, was broken. My insides uh, were damaged. My stomach was not loose into my diaphragm. 
uh, had a hole in my right leg that was the size of a softball could fit inside of it. Uh, anyway, to, uh, after that night, of course, they, all the uh, rescue and all of that EMS police and all of that came of course to the scene. Uh, my family, uh, of course was uh, notified of this and I was told to get to the hospital ASAP. Uh, they all took off. Uh, the ones who knew about it had to come through the scene of the crash. Mm. They were told not to stop. Uh, anyway, I was on my way, of course, uh, knocked out at this time, unconscious. Uh, then my grandparents came a little bit later. And as my grandfather saw uh, the accident, the scene of the accident, he, he stopped and got out, talked with one of the state troopers. And uh, they, he showed him around the scene of, of the crash. The only thing left of the whole entire Camaro that was worth anything was the passenger door. Everything else, the transmission had came out. Uh, the motor was out of the car, and they was all over the place, different places. And uh, the state trooper just told my grandfather that all, the best he could say was that I was alive when I left the scene, but the EMS said that I probably would not make it to the hospital. Got to the hospital, uh, papers were signed for my right leg to be amputated, but they had to do a surgery first of all on my stomach so I could breathe, uh, hope to breathe some. Uh, I was put on uh, in ICU on life support for a couple of weeks. And uh, as I woke up the next day, I, I can re I, that's when I started to understand some things. I thought I was at home, thought I was in the bed. Uh, trying to turn over, was never able to turn over. The nurse saw my, uh, me wake up. She came over, let me know how, uh, what all had happened. And uh, then she got the doctor. He came in, told of all of my injuries, uh, of everything that was going on, uh, that I was not out of the woods, that I still could possibly uh, pass away. And uh, that the machine was doing all of the breathing for me. Uh, and then at that time, uh, I began to ask God to take my life. Uh, that uh, 20 years old, I was asking God to take my life and, and uh, still hard to talk about today as I reflect on that. And uh, two years passed before I could walk again. And then I can remember when God called me to the ministry and changed my life forever. Yeah, let, let's. I, I, we're doing this interview via Zoom. People who aren't on the podcast obviously can't see you, but I can. And, and 23 years later, I'm watching you tell this story, and, and, and I can see the emotion and almost anguish on your face. Uh, it, even though you can't remember the accident itself, it's obvious that you'll never forget the effects of it. And as you're telling that story, Heath, it, it seemed to me you were almost reliving it all over again. Yes, sir. Most definitely. It's, it's tough to even reflect even back on it sometimes, but yet I remember the goodness of God is what gets me through. And, 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 and that's where I want to take this as, as we move on, because God obviously had plans for you. And yes, sir. You, you, you had no way of knowing that at that time. And, right. and, and you just were open and, and told us what kind of life you were living as a 20-year-old at that time in, in 1998. Did, did you come from a family that you had been given 
uh, a, a church background? Were you, were you raised in church? What, what was, what was your background like prior to this accident? Yes, sir. I was raised in a Bible believing home, Christian home. Uh, uh, my dad of course was very strict with rules and all, and, and, uh, was raised in the church and the Baptist church all of my life. And, uh, when I just became 16 years old, uh, and got my first, uh, car on uh, Camaro. <laughs> um, again, that was an, another one before going out the one I wrecked, but, uh, that's when things took a turn, you know, I, I played sports in high school and, uh, just done the, I guess what you would say a Friday night thing after our football games. And, and, uh, that's where the alcohol began to take off and where I started to, to test the water, so to speak of drinking. And, and it just became a pretty much an everyday thing, even going to school and, and had that in, in my vehicle to where I was drinking as much as I possibly could get my hands on. Yeah. You know, adding that on top of it, obviously exacerbated the situation, but I, and, and you're talking, I'm smiling only because I'm thinking just the, the fact that a 16 year old and a Camaro is enough of an issue <laughs> in and of itself <laughs> without, right. without yeah. asking, without uh, adding alcohol on top of it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it was just, I just rebelled, uh, as my dad, like I said, was very strict the way we was raised. And if he told me to be home at 11 o'clock at night, uh, I had to be home at 1059. I mean, it was just those type of uh, mm-hmm. rules. And I can remember coming home some nights, a couple of minutes late, and he'd take my driver's license from me. One minute equaled one week of restriction, you know, driver's license uh, that he would possess for that week. But, but uh, I just rebelled against everything that uh, – they had taught us. I rebelled against uh, even the Lord himself. Uh, I was saved as a 12-year-old boy and just completely uh, uh, went against everything that, uh, you know, my family stood for, everything that they had taught me, even the church that I grew up in, Bible-believing church, uh, preached Christ, uh, and uh, just went against everything that was that I was uh, raised in. Visiting with Heath Bowie, who's the pastor of Union Baptist Church in Lawrence, and, and talking about a a transfer, transformational moment in his life that would lead to a, a lifetime now of, of serving Christ uh, in the ministry. You, you said in the the uh, the story that you told on Facebook on, on the anniversary uh, of your wreck that you found yourself questioning God. And yeah. I, 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 I guess I can hear people saying, after surviving that wreck, why weren't you falling on your face thanking God? God. What were you questioning God about? Well, I first started out questioning him, you know, uh, why me? You know, the selfish thing to do of why did this have to be me? Mm-hmm. Uh, began to uh, think all about myself. Uh, nobody in my family, I, I never came to my mind at that, at that time. Uh, I, it was all about, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. I won't be able to play church basketball or church softball or, or do all of those things that I loved or enjoyed doing. I played open weekend ball, softball, and I knew all of those things would come to, was coming to, had came to an end because of the condition of my body. And, uh, so it was all about the selfishness of me trying to, as Isaiah would say, woe is unto me, you mm-hmm. know, and it was just all about me at that time until I finally uh, did get to, to realize and laying in that hospital bed of what God had done when I finally, they uh, uh, a lady what was at the scene of that wreck that night that I did not talk about on Facebook, but she had took pictures 
and she had gave uh, my family of my vehicle and even some of the uh, I could see even myself laying there and some of the uh, all of the guys that was working with me at that time and and uh, it took me a few days to realize that it was uh, it's not about me it was about what God had done for me and uh, and again like I said after two years it still still was in uh, went through depression uh, went through a lot of those things at that time uh, until I finally a couple of years later uh, got a grip on everything and and asked God and, and pretty much told God, you know, here I am, uh, do with me what you would have. You, you were told that you'd never walk again. You, you were told that you'd never be able to eat solid foods again. Um, th- right. There was a question whether you were even going to survive. Uh, and yet yes. you're walking, you're talking, I've seen you eat. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> so. So you, you've uh, got God has, has brought you through all, all of that stuff. What what was what was that what was that journey like? I mean, just for instance, learning learning to walk again. You, you said the, the plans were to amputate your your right leg. I'm assuming that did not happen, right? No, sir, it didn't. Uh, when I when I finally they did have the the bar uh, the steel bar that had the rods going into my legs. Uh, and then of course I had to take it just step by step. Uh, I, today I still have a rod and screws in my leg. I have two screws actually in my stomach too, where it's actually holding and uh, they put those screws in my stomach, uh, to where it's, you know, held in place. Um, but yeah, going back to, uh, uh, just going through all of those steps, uh, you know, when I got home, uh, I had to still be picked up, carried into the restroom. Uh, carried uh, to uh, my dad would actually give me a bath because he was the only one who could actually uh, pretty much, you know, handle me as far as picking me up, putting me in the tub and, and things like that. So I was for two years, pretty much it was uh, going back to just having to be taken care of just like you would a child or a baby, I should say. And, and I uh, couldn't go to the restroom on my own, you know, had to have help with that. And, uh, and even today, you know, I still struggle with some stomach problems and things like that, but it's nothing like it used to be. And I'm thankful for that. But, um, uh, but God's been good through it all. But, uh, you know, for step by step was just getting back and forth to the doctor would just be a, an absolute mess pretty much. Uh, it was just, uh, the pain that would go through getting back in, and forth into the vehicle and getting to the doctor's office and then him going in and course you know i had several people in my family that would have to clean that wound and, and pack it and, and things like that uh, a couple of times a day so the pain lasted you know just going through that uh for two years it was just uh again 20 years old and being having to be cared for like a baby would be and at that juncture when you have to have help using the bathroom when you have to be bathed by another adult um all your pride goes out the window doesn't it Yes, sir. It sure does. It did. Yeah. And it took a long time to even get that back. <laughs> yeah. So you, you go through that for two years and I'm assuming it's at that point you were able to start walking again and, and, and start getting some, I don't know how much normal functionality back, but starting to at least get some of that back. Correct. Yes, sir. I started out on a, uh, after they uh, finally told me I could start putting a little weight down, they started me off with a walker and then I moved to uh, crutches and then to a cane. And then finally, little by little, I got to where I was taking baby steps on my own again. And, uh, and then again, it just finally 
after step by step, finally got to where I could walk again. He's but boot. it was just that process again yeah. from a walker to the cane. Keith Bowie joining us. He's the pastor of Union Baptist Church in Lawrence, and we're, we're talking about a defining moment in his life that could have been a tragedy, and God has used it in many ways as a triumph by, by leading Heath into the ministry here on this Dan Scott Show, uh, Episode 8, podcast Episode 8, uh, the pre-Christmas episode. All right, so let's get down to where the the rubber meets the road. That's probably a bad term to use since we're talking about a wreck that almost killed you. But at what juncture did God finally get hold of you? At what juncture did you finally quit questioning and, and as you said a moment ago, say, okay, God, whatever, wherever, here I am. What did it take to get you to that point? When did it happen? How did it come about? Actually, it was another 10 years later uh, before I uh, finally gave up. I actually did go back into drinking again, uh, even after all of that. Uh, and I got back with some of that same crowd. And uh, uh, going through those years of, of, of all of that again, went back into depression, went back to being all about me. And uh, then I remember the night as I was in a place that I wouldn't even want my dog to be at. Uh, I cried out to God and I told him, I said, I can't, I can't uh, defeat this addiction. I need you to do it for me. And I never had cried that out, cried out to him for help like that, other than to help me. And you know how it is when you go through all of these different things, you say, God, if, if you'll do this for me, then I'll do that. You're trying to do all of those things. And, and, and of course those things don't work, but that night I was serious about God as I, uh, was drinking that night, and I said, God, I can't no more. I'm about to lose, not now, I'm about to lose. I almost lost my life. Now I'm about to lose all of my family as they was pretty much giving up on me. And I said, God, I don't want to you to give up on me. And I'm serious about this now as I held a can of uh, alcohol in my hand. And I gave that to him that night. He sobered me up uh, and just a snap of your finger. And I told him, I said, use me, Lord, please use me uh, for your glory and your glory alone. And that's where he, that night, uh, I remember sobering up, never again did I crave it. Uh, and just a week later, after that, I remember lying and uh, we was in the bed, my wife and I asleep in the middle of the morning. I thought she literally rolled over and, and hit me pretty hard just by rolling over. I looked at her and said, why did you hit me? And she opened her eyes and she said, I, I, I didn't. I got up that night in the middle of the night and began to walk the, the halls. I thought somebody was in the house. So believe that or not, just walking around, I was like, mm -hmm. well, somebody must be in the house, you know, things like that. And, and uh, uh, began tears flowing down my face as I felt the Lord speaking to my heart. And uh, he called me to the ministry that night over in the morning. Didn't know what to do. My wife and I was actually searching for a church home at that time. And, uh, uh, I talked to my aunt, uh, the, a couple of days after the Lord called me in the ministry, she had been visiting her and her family as well. And she told me about the church that she thought that we ought to visit. Uh, they, they didn't go there. Uh, they had went to another place, but so that they believed that we, she believed that the people there, uh, that we would thoroughly enjoy worshiping with them. We went to this church. And that was at the time of uh, the pastor of that church. I, I knew him, but I, at that time I couldn't put it together. They were literally in revival that week. 
of October and uh, got home that afternoon and, and began to ask my wife, Denise. I said, uh, I know him from somewhere, but I couldn't put two and two together. And a little bit later on, I finally figured out, hey, you know what? I used to play basketball against him, and I don't like him. And uh, the, 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 the great thing about that was he was doing the same thing at his house. He says, I know he from somewhere, and uh, he finally put two and two together. He says, we used to play basketball against each other, and I really did not like him. And uh, so anyway, we ended back up at that church that night, uh, went with them uh, throughout the revival week, thoroughly enjoyed worshiping with them. It was just a few weeks later, uh, uh, the pastor came to meet with us, talk with us, and I, he knew I had been called to ministry. He uh, told me what he believed I should do because at that time I'm scared to death. I, I'm happy. I'm joyful, but I don't know where to start. Uh, he said, first of all, uh, I'd like for you to give your testimony on the first Sunday night of December in that year of uh, 2011. And uh, anyway, so uh, we did that. And uh, the chairman of deacons that night, uh, after I gave my testimony, as I'm, you know, just kind of giving some of it to you today, uh, came and, and asked me to pray that they were looking for a youth pastor. And, uh, wow, I had no idea that this would be the church. Uh, I prayed a couple weeks later, went to the pastor and the chairman of deacons, told them I would accept. I began uh, serving as their youth pastor for over three years, went to seminary, uh, graduated Covington Theological Seminary. And then uh, began my first pastorate in the Clemson area. And five years, six years later, here I am now at Union Baptist Church as the senior pastor here in Lawrence. Heath Bowie, that pastor, is, is joining us here on Episode 8 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. It, it's just an incredible story as I'm sitting here. And I knew from the, the your, your Facebook post a good deal of what you went through. I did not know the alcohol addiction part of it. So it's funny how God works this out because the the previous guest in the first half of the show is a guy who came out of alcohol addiction and is now working with men in drug and alcohol rehab centers. Uh, God delivered you from it. And it's intriguing to me to see how he works in different ways with different people. There, there's no cookie cutter formula for what God does. Greg told us that it was a constant battle in and out with him for years, he would quit and he would go back and he quit and he'd go back. But I have heard stories uh, about people that when they gave their life to Christ, he took that addiction away immediately. He doesn't work that right. way with everybody, though. And, and and while he did that with you, you, you referenced you still have the, as Paul said, the thorn in your side. You're still dealing with repercussions 23 years later of that accident, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, still, my pelvic area that I broke uh, is still fractured. And the words of uh, four different surgeons, Mother Nature it was supposed to fix that. Uh, uh, the, so they will not go in there. So I still have a fractured pelvic, pelvic, uh, uh, pelvis uh, from that night. Uh, my knees are, are pretty much shot. Uh, still dealing with a lot of that pain. My stomach, again, like I said, it, stays, it just seems like it stays sore. Uh, the last 23 years, you know, I guess that'll be something I will live with for the rest of my life as well. And, and then, of course, uh, when, when my right collarbone, uh, of course, like I said, I broke about every bone, but that's one that gives me a lot of problems, too, even today. So, yeah, there are, I've still a lot of my injuries are still reminders, but it's good reminders of where God brought me from and where I'm at today. And, and I think that's above and beyond everything else, the, the, the point that, that I hope 
we can get across here, because just as the Apostle Paul said in, in that famous passage where he said he prayed three times for that thorn in his side, and we don't know what it was, but whatever it was to be removed, and God said no. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. And, and the one thing that I've heard Dr. David Jeremiah say many times is he doesn't give us tomorrow's grace or next week's grace in advance. We get enough grace for today, and then tomorrow he gives us that day's grace. And, and, and you have to be faithful. I have to be faithful. We all have to be faithful to just take it one day at a time. It sounds trite, but that's how you have to live the life. Yes, sir. Most definitely. I'll agree with that. Yes. I mean, even in the, uh, the model prayer, you know, we're, we're asked to just pray for our daily bread, mm -hmm. our daily bread, you know, and that's today. <laughs> no, so what, but what, what do you hope that someone who's listening to this, who, who doesn't know your story, doesn't, doesn't know you, or maybe even somebody who does, what, what, what do you hope they take away from what you've shared with us here today? that no matter what you're going through, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or whatever the addiction could be, or, or just whatever lifestyle you may be living in, that if you'll give it to God, he'll clean you up and he can use you for his glory. But you've got to be that willing vessel. You've got to be the one who is willing to take that first step toward him. It's just like in Luke chapter 15, you think about the prodigal son. Uh, when he wanted to, well, you know, he, he asked his dad, you know, hey, I, I, I want to leave here. and I want my inheritance. And and he gave him that. And he left home. And through his lifestyle, he went into that, doing a lot of wicked different things, partying it up, so to speak. And, and eventually he lost everything, but he came back home. And all that while, the father was waiting for him. And I believe as, as, as we do uh, go about our day life, if, if you're living in any type of sin, there's a father who's still waiting for that for you to come home and he'll, he'll meet you, but you've got to start. You've got to start your journey back towards him and make your journey towards him. And I believe without, without a shadow of a doubt, if you take that one step in faith toward him, he'll meet you where you at and he'll clean you up and give you that. As we just said, as Paul said, because his grace is sufficient. And, and, you know, the one thing that I try to point out when I'm given the opportunity to speak, whether it's in churches like yours or, or other places that, that I've uh, been allowed to speak, is we have drifted into uh, a place in our society where we preach an easy gospel. Um, right. Call it the, pro the prosperity gospel or whatever you want to call it, but the, there there's a... a way that's being delivered out there that says if you give your life to Christ, all of your troubles are going to be taken away. You'll never have financial difficulties. You'll never be sick. You, in fact, you, when you know Jesus said he wants to give you life alive, but more abundantly, you're going to be showered with money. There are people actually who actually preach that. And, and you know, as I always tell people, he's my life ain't been that way. And, and in fact, again, as David Jeremiah just said in, in a message I heard yesterday, he said, you know, when you have problems before you get saved, and then when you get saved, you get a whole new set of problems. Uh, so <laughs> right, yeah. so it, it's, I, I think it's important to, to be honest with people about the Christian life, because if we could do it on our own, we wouldn't need a Savior, right? That's right. That's right. Yep. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. 
Anything uh, about this experience that we haven't covered that you think is important to, uh, to share with folks? Yeah, never. Uh, you know, even after God called me to ministry and I knew without a shadow of a doubt that he had called me to preach, mm -hmm. uh, I still, you know, was thinking me, why, you know, me, are you serious? God It's it's me, the one who used to do these things and all that. So the thing I would take away is never, never come to that part where you think that, uh, you are not the one because God knows what he's doing. As we even see now, as this uh, Christmas is here on upon us in just four days is we know the first people that he sent, the angel of the Lord went to the shepherds, the lowly shepherds, the ones that nobody uh, had anything to do with. That was the first missionary, so mm -hmm. to speak, that we've had is those shepherds who, and they didn't ask, they didn't question God. They didn't question that angel. The Bible says they went in haste to find the babe and a manger. Uh, they left everything they know. And, and, uh, that was one thing that I prayed and well, I, I had to talk to my wife after she, after God called us. And I told Denise, I said, listen, God's called me to ministry, but I need you to be willing to pray this prayer with me. And that was a simple, we'll go wherever God calls us. If it's right here in our own community where we grew up at, or whether it would be across the seas as missionaries. And she says, I'm right with you. Uh, whatever it takes, we'll do whatever God and we'll go wherever God. So we prayed that prayer. And, uh, so just be willing to go wherever God would send you. Yes. He may use you in your hometown. He may use you close to your hometown, but he also may want you to get on a plane to go over uh, the oceans and uh, serve him in Africa, Asia, wherever it may be, but just be that willing vessel and, and just pour into people like God pours into us. Yeah, because when he called you, he called her too. And, and, and exactly. He, he didn't call just one of right. you. That's right. Yes, sir. Otherwise, that that part, that I'm partnership's not going to work. Exactly. And uh, she's been beside me since day one of ministry. Uh, she quit her job. And uh, matter of fact, we're here at the church now. I'm sitting here in my study talking with you. And, and she's actually out there in the sanctuary now putting things up on the screens and all of that for our uh, service tomorrow night. And uh, ever since day one, she's been right beside me. Uh, not only of course, so she's my bride, but, uh, she's my partner in the ministry and, and, uh, my number one prayer warrior and number one fan too. So, uh, what a, what a great time we're having. And, uh, we're still believing God's ain't done yet because we're still here and we still believe the best is still yet to come. And if you're like me and, and most men, she's also the one who keeps you straight, right? Oh, yes, sir. Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, Heath, uh, j just tell everybody uh, about your church. Maybe somebody's listening and, and looking for a church home. May maybe something you've said has uh, sparked some curiosity in somebody who's seeking the Lord, or, or maybe they're already walking with Christ but have some questions about direction. Uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they do so? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You can, uh, uh, matter of fact, we'd love to have you if you're unchurched. First of all, we're at 536 Old Quaker Church Road in Lawrence. We're actually in Hickory Tavern. We just have a Lawrence address. Uh, but we'd love for you to come worship with us if you're looking for a home down in the Lawrence area. Uh, our church, we I know many churches, if not all churches, says come as you are. But we truly mean that. Uh, you can come as you are, and, and God's the one. Uh, we do not judge. We do not condemn anybody. Uh, but you could come and worship with us, or you can give me a call uh, at the church office, 864-861-2401, uh, or you could give me a, a shout on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, very active on Facebook. 
Uh, of course, this is Heath Bowie there on Facebook. Uh, and uh, just uh, give me a, send me a message there, a private message, and then maybe we can uh, hook up somehow that way. But I'd uh, love to have anybody that's in this area. Uh, of course, if I uh, don't want to steal anybody's members by no right. means, but if you're on church, we'd love to have you at Union Baptist Church. And, and as, as we close, this is just how my mind works, and I don't know if it's all these years of being in the media and, and just having that kind of uh, – that that kind of uh, of uh, mindset now, but d- do you find it all uh, ironic and maybe a, a bit of a um, uh, proof that God does have a sense of humor that He calls a former alcoholic to a place, a city named after a tavern? <laughs> Never thought of it that way, but yes, that is great. That is great. Feel free now, to I've use that. Not to use as a sermon illustration. Uh, I'm glad you gave that. That is for free. I hope. Yes, it is. <laughs> Hey, Heath, thank you so but much. Yes, that is great. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much, buddy. All right. We yes, need, sir. We thank need, you, Dan. We need to take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll put a wrap on this edition, uh, this episode of the Dan Scott Show podcast in just a moment. Sometimes in life, you simply need to treat yourself to the best. And every time you lift a refreshing soda from Hank's Beverages to your lips, you're simply already a winner. It doesn't matter if it's a root beer, orange cream, vanilla cream, black cherry, or grape soda. There's a reason Hank's Beverages has been known as Philly's best for well more than a decade. Find Hank's online at hanksbeverages.net or you can find their product here in the upstate at Ingalls Supermarkets, Lowe's Grocery Stores, and Harris Teeter. You might know that State Farm agent Ed Patterson has great service. He's your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates too? Yep, that's right. Along with good neighbor service, State Farm agent Ed Patterson has surprisingly great rates for everyone in Greenville. So call State Farm agent Ed Patterson at 864-322-0031 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. Is your roof leaking or damaged? Do your gutters need repaired? You can Google roofing companies until your computer overheats, or you can simply call the best, Bracken Roofing and Gutter. Whether it's roof replacement, new and remodel installation, roofing insurance claims, whatever your needs, Bracken Roofing and Gutter will simply do it right the first time. And the same goes for gutter screen installations. Forget about balancing on ladders and cleaning your gutters. Let Bracken Roofing and Gutters screen them for you today. Listen, do not settle for subpar work. Get a free inspection today. Check out their reviews on Facebook. You'll see many satisfied customers, and they're all saying the same thing, that they're happy that they chose Bracken Roofing and Gutter. That's Bracken Roofing and Gutter. Call Kyle today at 864-704-5993. Back to wrap up this eighth episode of the Dan Scott Show podcast, The Rebrand. I am Dan. Thanks to uh, Greg Whitfield from Giant Slayer Ministries and Heath Bowie, pastor at Union Baptist Church in Lawrence, for joining us today on this uh, episode leading into Christmas 2021. I just thought it was very uh, important and worthwhile to share the stories of two guys that I've come across here in the last few months who have come from, 
in one way, very different circumstances, but in another way, very similar circumstances with battles with alcohol to get to the point where they've surrendered their lives to Christ and Christ is using them in, in different but effective ministries. Greg dealing with uh, and, and ministering to men who are battling substance abuse and Heath, who is shepherding a flock, he's pastoring a church and, and has been for a number of years now. It's just a great testimony to the fact that God is still in the miracle business. Jesus is still in the saving business. And I hope that's what you get out of this, that God can take what I like to call broken vessels, and he can put them back together in a way that's going to bring him glory and going to set that person, like Greg or like Heath, on a journey that, that's going to be, in many ways, the thrill of a lifetime. It's going to be fraught with with anxiety and, and with troubles and trials and all of those things. But it's also something that it, when it's your calling that there's nothing in the world, literally, that could make you give it up. And as we are in this week of Christmas 2021, my prayer is that something that you've heard in this episode will spark something within you. If you're not a Christian, if you're not walking with Christ, and maybe you have similar issues, or maybe you have other issues, but something that one of these gentlemen has said resonates with you, I pray that you'd reach out. You could start by reaching out to me if you want. My email address is thedanscottshow at gmail.com, or any place you get your podcast, you can uh, comment, and we want you to do that, like, and share, and help us grow the podcast. But if you'd like to reach out to Greg at Giant Slayer Ministries, uh, you can find their Facebook page, or you can give him a call at 864-324-4396, 864-324-4396. And Heath's church office phone number, and he's there every day, 864-861-2401, 864-861-2401. One thing, going back to Greg Whitfield, that I forgot to ask him about, and he wanted me to make sure that I mentioned is coming up on March 8th of 2022, in uh, just about uh, two and a half months now. The Golden Corners Leadership Summit will be held at Turning Point Church of God in Wahala from 8 until 11.30 a.m., and they're going to have multiple guest speakers that day and really looking to set a tone for ways to continue to affect Oconee County and beyond for Jesus Christ. So again, that is March 8th, the Golden Corner Leadership Leadership Summit at Turning Point Church of God in Wahala from 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. You can reach out to Greg for more information about that. Listen, I pray that you and your family have a wonderful, joyous, peace-filled Christmas season that the, this, this next handful of days and, and leading even into next week to New Year, the heading toward 2022 is filled with, with nothing but blessings. I am also realistic enough to know that for many people, that's not going to be the case. And I hope that if you find yourself 
in some kind of despair, some kind of, of issue, some kind of, of problem, dealing with some kind of problem that you just can't see any way out of, you can't seem to get a grip on, that you'll reach out to somebody. Again, my email, thedanscottshow at gmail.com. If I can't help you personally, I, I can get you to some people who can through the network that I've been able to develop over the years. You can reach out to one of these gentlemen that we've talked to today or just reach out to the to the, the pastor at the local church in your community. But don't allow yourself to go through something by yourself when you've got people, God's people, who are willing to come alongside you and walk with you. That's my prayer. That it's a blessful, a blessing-filled Christmas season. And if it's not, that you won't go through it alone, that you'll reach out to somebody. Please do that, would you? Thank you so much for indulging me. This will probably be the last episode of 2021. God willing, we'll come back in early January and start cranking them out on a weekly basis again. Just want to thank you for continuing to indulge me in, in all of these many different efforts that I've tried over the years. I'm starting to zero in on where I believe God wants me, and I just cover your prayers that I will be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We'll see you again coming up, as I said, most likely in early 2022. Until then, I'm Dan Scott, thanking you for tuning in to the podcast. God bless you, and so long, everybody. Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year.